welcome to the Daily Reprieve, where we provide essays, speaker meetings, workshops, and conferences in podcast format. We are an ad-free podcast. If you enjoy listening, please help us be self-supporting by going to donate.thedailyreprieve.com and drop a dollar or two into the virtual basket. Please consider donating monthly by clicking the Donate Monthly button. However, one-time donations are always welcome. Just click the Donate Now button. Now, without further ado, this episode of The Daily Reprieve. Starting at. And. Drum roll. We'll be beginning. Let's open with the uh, serenity prayer. God. To accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and wisdom to know the difference. We were asked to uh, incorporate something into the uh, activities that would kind of break the ice and let each other know who we are and how we got here and. Uh, ways to share some stuff about ourselves that allow us to have a little bit better connection with with each other. Uh, as recovering sexaholics, as opposed to having two bozos sitting up here at the table and uh, and everybody else just kind of in the uh, in the uh, receiving mode. So, what we thought was that I thought that would be just an interesting maybe correlation. Okay. Uh, is if we could go around the room and uh, how we do it in uh, various places, uh, give our sobriety date, name, acting out behaviors, uh, where I got sober, and what step you're working on, uh, and maybe how long you've been in the program. My name is Robert. I am a sexaholic, and, and my sobriety date is 1391. My acting out behaviors are compulsive masturbation with or without the use of pornography, promiscuity, cross-dressing, lusting, wanting to be lusted after. Uh, I used to uh, hang out at a lot of uh, strip bars, had a bunch of uh, relationships with uh, strippers. And my sexaholism destroyed my first marriage and I got sober in Atlanta, Georgia, with a woman, Catherine. If anybody anybody knows Catherine, I thought that the sense of humor was beyond me. Uh, I didn't appreciate getting sober with uh, someone that you know I you know with with a woman who are my acting out partners, and uh, and what step am I on today? Probably three, where I really want to surrender my will. Adam? I would say number two. I'm Adam, and I'm a sexaholic, and um, sobriety date 8-12-06. Main forms of acting out were compulsive masturbation, um, stealing to support my habit, Acting inappropriately with females, uh, sometimes with the use of force. Um, 
continual indulgence in fantasy and lying. Um, I got sober in the great state of New York in the year 2000. Uh, AA, AA, sorry, any confusion. And stuff I'm working on. See, I'm really focusing on steps 8 and 9 right now, working with 10, 11, and 12, but really focusing on 8 and 9 at present time. Tom. Hey, I'm Tom. I'm a, I know just showed up right after lunch, so glad to be here. Um, glad to be here. Uh, my sobriety date is um, May 20th of this year. Um, I am, um, let's see, I'm in Greenwood, by the way. Um, uh, which is where I got sober. My chief acting up behaviors are, are internet, um, anything internet related, um, chat. Um, uh, when I was in Atlanta, I would go to all kinds of different areas, not so much in Greenwood, which is a good thing. Um, uh, and working on step three. Thanks, Tom. Thanks. I grew up on Dimitri, and I'm a grateful recovering sexaholic. Hey, Dimitri. Hey, Dimitri. Uh, <coughs> I probably don't want to see weeks of sobriety right now. Uh, I, my acting out behavior involves impulsive masturbation, wiggled up pornography, uh, fantasy, just uh, acting out with others. Uh, mostly, mostly though, uh, what got me, uh, what got me into this program was uh, pornography and false masturbation. Uh, I got sober in uh, Virginia, Lynchburg, <coughs> Virginia, that's why I'm currently out. And um, uh, I started writing my step four inventory this week. Thanks. Thanks, Bill Short. I'm a Hey, Bill. Hello, Bill. My uh, sobriety day is September 4th, 1993. For that, I'm never sufficiently grateful. Uh, I got sober in Nashville. I've uh, moved around uh, a good part of the southeastern United States uh, in the last uh, 10 years. And uh, I'm actually back in Nashville now. Uh, my acting out is fantasy, pornography, masturbation. And uh, predatory relationships with uh, vulnerable wounded women. Thanks, Bill. John S. My surprise today is August 27th, the other side. Acting out behaviors included false masturbation, internet use, emotional physical affairs, gas over in Arizona, and also in Greenville. Thanks, John. Thanks, John. I'm David. I'm in a recovering I'm a I'm in fantasy, uh, masturbation, internet pornography, media pornography, strip clubs, and emotional dependency relationships. And we're at Sober in Greenville. 
Thank you, Dan. Thank you. Compulsive masturbation went from without pornography to the side of parlor and prostitutes. 
fornication, uh, trip clubs, and use the internet form. And um, I got sober in Greensboro, North Carolina, and I am determined to finish step four. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, my name is Scott. I'm a sexaholic. Thanks, Scott. Uh, I'm sobriety days, October 31st of this year. I'm um, going to fire out now. I'm going to be ready to post some masturbation. Uh, sexual fantasy objectification of women. Um, I think there's anything else that I'm getting sober in Charlotte, North Carolina. And I'm currently finishing up step two. Thanks, Frank. I'm glad you're here, Scott. I've been sober for nine months now. Um, and my acting out behaviors were mostly pornography, masturbation, cyber sex, cyber sex affairs, uh, permanent obsession, objectification of women, fornication, uh, this kind of stuff. Got sober in Spain first and later on in North Carolina, in Charlotte, North Carolina. And I'm working steps eight or nine. Mm-hmm. Glad to have Thanks, Pete. I'm LB, I'm a psychologist. Hey, LB. Um, I've been sexually sober since October 2006, and uh, my acting out behaviors have been compulsive masturbation, with or without pornography, tendency relationships, objectification of women, um, and uh, Uh, someone said predatory relationships against vulnerable women. That, uh, that I hadn't said that before, but I thought, oh, that, that really fits, that fits for me. Um, and I got sober in Chattanooga, which is uh, where I currently live, Chattanooga, Tennessee. And um, step one I'm working on right now. Um, been uh, focusing a lot on step 11 lately. Six weeks. Thanks, 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 Thanks all. Thank you. 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 Thank Thanks, Seth. Thanks, Thanks all for uh, sharing. And yeah. anybody have any comment uh, they want to make at this point? Any? If you don't say anything, we're going to move on to step eight. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I have a comment. I have a question, I guess. Um, hey, John. I've been in the program.
week in and week out, month in and month out. My question, that's my statement. My question is, how, how is that? How are sobriety dates deemed changeable? I guess is one way to put it. Um, and is acting out considered only in a physical sense? There are, I guess, two questions that <coughs> on this that I've had issues with and would like comments made by people in the group and with yourself. Thank you, John. Thank you. Anybody want to address that? I'm not sure I understand the first part of the question. How does sobriety dates change? It seems like the answer is religious sobriety. I don't understand the question. Um, okay, I understand how it would have been. I understand that in religious sobriety, but um, without missing names, I know a member every week came to our group and got a 24 hour chip every Thursday. Every day, every day. So, and it, it kind of bothered me. One of my issues was, okay, this guy's not getting it. And I didn't have enough sobriety. I felt like to approach him. But I guess he goes along with his acting out and changing your sobriety date, your own personal. Does that, does that make any sense? I mean, to me, mom was compulsive masturbation, internet, having an affair. Those were the top three that I deemed. Um, so in my mind, if I don't have an affair with my wife, if I don't get on the internet, and I don't compulsively masturbate, then I haven't acted out. I know other members have said that they look at a woman longer than three seconds. I don't know if anybody here knows the three-second rule. I've heard of that. They consider that acting out. So they change their sobriety date. So they come in on Monday at one meeting, they say, okay, I've been sober for two days. And then they come back Thursday and they're like, oh, okay, I've been sober for a day. Are they just not getting it? Are they not wanting to get it? Or are they, they look at a woman on the three seconds, oh, I acted out, I lost it. So they change your day. I'm Adam, I'm a sexaholic. Um, I think that there's some uh, good information in the white book that uh, clearly outlines our sobriety definition and and uh, also, I think that there's some. This is opinion, <clears throat> but that there's some games playing that gets that goes along with sobriety dates and such. It's not my place to judge anybody on that, but uh, you know, to your own self, be true. Uh, and I think to me, it almost sounds like there's too much emphasis on this deal of time. Uh, not, not to be confused, the most important thing is quality of life and how you work in the steps and etc. And as a result, time comes. You know. I, uh, but my own personal feeling on that is that I've been around people like this also to where it just kind of, I don't know, almost like some, a self-righteous acting deal to, to come in and change your sobriety here or something like that. I, I, I don't do that. I mean, he yes, asked a question, I just gave a personal answer. But oh, that's what Yeah, yeah. And I mean, it's pretty, it's pretty, it's pretty clearly outlined in the white book, and I know what my boundaries are, and, and that's, that's that. But, yeah. Thanks, Adam. Bill? 
Um, and I think that, that um, it, you know, clearly we have a uh, uh, very specific sobriety definition for SA. Uh, however, there's other behaviors that may not cross the technical line that someone may feel indicates uh, a lack of sobriety. And I will make another shameless plug that uh, at the International Conference, we've asked Harvey, the uh, from Nashville, uh, to do a breakout session uh, and talk he's done numerous times on what is sex with self. And uh, part of this had to do with people who would touch themselves in a sexual fashion, but since they didn't have orgasm, they'd say, well, I'm still sober. Yeah, it, uh, it, it, is, it, it, it can be, uh, be somewhat confusing, uh, but I, I just want to echo what, uh, what Adam said. I'm much less interested in uh, what somebody says their sobriety day is than I am with what is the quality of their life and, uh, and do they have anything I want uh, that, that I might uh, ask them for help in getting it. Um, I, I know a number of people uh, go to Alcoholics Anonymous. Uh, they do not have 30 years of sobriety. They have a year of sobriety 30 times over. And they are so miserable that they let me find the drink. I just know that they feel better. Amen. <laughs> yeah. My name, thanks, Bill. My name is Robert and I am a sexaholic. It's a great question. And it's one that. I personally have struggled with, and it's one that I've seen other people struggle, struggle with as well. First of all, it's really none of my business what your sobriety date is. You know, that's a deal as far as I'm concerned between you and God. And if you're lying, you'll pay. Um, the I was one of those guys early in my recovery that, I mean, early in the recovery that uh, I was out of town on a on a business trip and I wouldn't turn on the uh, the television in the room to I wouldn't pay for the sex channels but I turned on and watched the squiggly lines and uh, and had the audio and stuff and I was like. And I'm touching myself, and I'm going, this is wrong, this is wrong. I can't, I'm not going to do this. And I turned it off and shut it down and talked to my sponsor and said, you know, do I have to reset my sobriety date? And he goes, well, I don't know. Um, let me ask you a question, you know. Uh, where does that go? At what point do you draw the line for your recovery? Keeping in mind that our disease is cunning, baffling, and powerful. And, you know, if I look at someone longer than three seconds, then I've got to reset my sobriety date. If, they, if that's the rule, I'm never going to have any, sobri- any time in recovery. And my addict loves that. Uh-huh. <laughs> if we can't be sober, let's act out. <laughs> and, you know, if he wins, horseshit. You know, it's like, okay. Where is where is the line that I draw? And at that time, it was point of orgasm. If I do not orgasm, if I do not ejaculate, I keep my sobriety. 
Doubt is good in early recovery. Today, I'd reset my sobriety date in a heartbeat if I find myself sitting in front of a television watching porn or internet or something like that. I mean, this is not sober behavior for me. You know, that, I mean, hell, if I'm going to do that, I'm going to go whole hog. Whole hog. I mean, that's, I mean, it's only a question of time before I'm back down to the pits. This is, this is not a sober behavior. I, I have relapsed. I have, I mean, I've trashed my program. So, I don't know what it is for other people. I know what it is for me. I know that the men that I have sponsored, uh, many of them have struggled with this issue. You know, I'm caught up in a panic. You know, do I need to, to reset my sobriety date? And you know what I tell them? I don't know. <laughs> you know? And I go through the same thing. And it's like, you know, what's it going to be? Now, if someone, you know, is and someone in the group that is not one of my sponsees, uh, you know, is engaging in sobriety that is not sober, you know, I'll be confrontational with them. And usually it's not in the meeting, it's after the meeting, it's outside the meeting, and kind of done privately because I don't believe in public shaming or stuff like that. I'm outspoken in meetings and sometimes confrontational, but that's how I am. Uh, and when I think it's a violation of our tradition or whatever, I'm going to speak up. Uh, however, in the conversation outside the meeting, one of two things is going to happen. Either they're going to change, or three things. They're going to change, they're going to ignore me, or they're going to disappear. Rarely do people not change. Uh, so that's my take on it, and that's personal. But LD, LB, I'm sorry. Okay. There's a guy in my other group, LD. Sorry. I've been corrected. I know that's what I thought. LD. Yeah, when I first said, yeah. Just a question about about what you just shared. I had a sponsor when I called me last night who had this exact same situation and looked at um, you know a website and, and that was the end of it. And he wasn't sure what he should do. And so here you share. I would have, my question is, um, do you ask your sponsors to come up with a specific boundary for themselves if something like that happens? And like you said, for you, at one point, if I don't inject, whatever, I don't inject later, I haven't crossed the line. Do you have them set about it themselves so it's clear for them? I have done that. And for the same reason, like internet stuff, and just say, look, you know, you can call up and you, you know, didn't lose your sobriety technically, but that's not sober behavior, is it? No. And is this a problem in your life? Yeah. And what's going to happen if you continue to do it? Well, we're not going to make it. So, you know, would you agree that, you know, the next time you look at porn on the internet, you need to reset your sobriety date? Um, Well, come on now. Your life depends on your answer. What's it going to be? Don't sugarcoat it. Okay. 
this is not sober behavior. You know, you may be technically sober, but this is not sober behavior. You know, I said earlier, there's a lot of people that don't like me. And
from you on the recommendation from the sponsor, where you go with that, is that a, just follow his lead, and, you know, and, because I'm taking suggestions, so sometimes I feel like, man, just reading the same thing over and over and over again until I finish 167 pages, which I'll be finished, uh, hopefully, while we're here this weekend, but I just want to get some clarity. Thank you, Claire. I always think following a sponsor's suggestion is a good thing. Um, no matter, and uh, I've, I mean, it's, yeah, it's definitely a, I mean, difference between reading, you know, my own experience, reading the step and then actually working it. And um, there's a few of them that definitely take getting pen and paper out, no doubt. It'll for sure be the fourth step. And most definitely the eighth step. Your list is already created from the fourth step, but um, those are two that are clearly laid out in the big book that require actual work in that way. And now, and I've also heard of um, some 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 ways to do um, written work on the first step, on the second step that I've worked with on my sponsor, uh, and um, that's been helpful. Um, Yes, I can't think of anything else to say in relation to that. Thanks, Adam. You know, for me. What? Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Oh, he was he was starting to talk as you were. I don't know. For me, there's no question as to when the sponsor worked the step. You know, it was on Sunday night between seven and nine or nine thirty and uh it was, you know, a whatever it is because you work a step a week and it's kinda of like, okay, we covered the material and you know, you've worked the step. And it's like you work the step maybe with your sponsor that time, but you're gonna be working these steps daily for the rest of your life. So it's like and do you do what a sponsor says? Me. Uh, I think we do what a sponsor I do what my sponsor says as long as it conforms to what I know to be in the literature but if he you know starts talking crazy now I know what's up but the key, see if you don't know what's in the literature you're vulnerable <laughs> but if you know what's in the literature and what he's saying kind of jives with uh, what you know to be true then by all means, you know, you just need to suck it up and do it, you know, because this guy ain't got no axe to grind. Uh, what I want for the guys that I work with, I want you to be happy, joyous, and free. I want you to be sober. That's it. Uh, David, do you have a question? Yeah. Um, David, I'm also on. Hey, David. Hey, David. Hey, look, I think uh, you're my own thing, and you're out. You're not playing. How does he uh, because I had uh, struggles with my own My sobriety, you know, definition very strictly tied to what's going on in the paper. And I have had a time in my life when I have uh, had a very much tighter sobriety definition. Um, I thought it was going to be a way to help me play several years and have consistent relapse and, and slip it. Um, and I found that I think it was about a year ago. I was on my way to pick up pornography 
and I had this art. That was on my way. I was in the car, and you only had that click, you know, when the mind just kind of shifts, and you're, you're, you know, fighting, 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 and you're trying to swing, trying to swing, and it's like, you know. And, I, and what I thought was, oh, you know, I mean, for a couple miles, or, I was on my way to the store. And I thought, you know, I don't have to go. I don't have to go. You know, I'm not there yet. I don't have to do this. And my dad was saying, you've already had your mind. So you've already lost your surrounding. So you might as well just go and go on the And I've also been in places before where I didn't have to turn my phone. I'm like, dang, you sound terrible. Tell me you're just not that guy. And when I lost my sobriety after four years, somebody left a message on the phone like that. And I just, my you know, where I was at, I was just like, if I'm not close, then I'm just go. And so I'm struggling right now with two things. One is fear uh, that, oh, I already went to corn, therefore I'm going to, you know, it's just a matter of time, two weeks from now, whenever I'm going to act out. Um, that's scary to me. Um, but the shame of that, too. It's a shame that I can be perfect. Um, so for me, right now, and I have already had been in touch with my sponsor, being very specific with him about you know, my being out of my, instead of my close behaviors in the last couple of weeks, and let him make that decision. You know, because I'm not in a place where I can make that decision. My mind is going to play with me. Um, you know, and even at this point, I'm stronger. I have a lot of power sliding definition. And he said, no, we need to back it up and just make it straight. Take it, survive. And that's, you know, he's got fingers surviving, works with a hospital program. I need to spread your you know. I just get, there's a lot of controversy right now, I think, like in the, in the program about progressive love, picture over lust, and you know, what is sobriety, and all this other stuff. And um, I don't know. Um, and maybe I'm not wanting to really speak about that right now, but I think sometimes it, 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 it's too much of you know, perfection of progress. I got, I got to say, broken my heart. I'm not going to put it perfectly. I mean, I don't, I'm not, I don't want it at all. I just, I need to bring this out because if I don't, my, my, my attitude is really going to play with this. And then, you know, you're already going to move, you can't, you know, and all that. Um, and what I'm not planning to now, we're talking, you know, I'm planning for the 30, 30 days. I'm going to finish out my first step. I'm, I'm making a phone call for the second week. You know, um, doing my writing, doing the work my program. Thanks, Dad. Thanks, Dad. You're familiar with me in the And, uh, <clears throat> I know today, I think the most thing for me is <laughs> the step we've done is to just do the steps. Get through all of the steps and do them all. Um, yeah, I took I took a while to do my steps and looking back, I and, and you know, I was talking to somebody earlier and they asked me, you know, I said I took a long time to do it. They said, Are you sober? And said, yeah, and said, you know, it was perfect, it was just like it was supposed to be. Uh, so I'm not disputing that. But there were times when I started dragging on my step work, you know, in, in, four, in step four, in steps eight and nine, 
And uh, you know, there were lots of times where I was you know, about to leave the program, but still miserable. Uh, just you know, dry drunk is, is what I, you know, it's what I call it. Um, you know, waves of depression, shame, and isolation, and uh, you know, still having a horrible time relating to uh, to my wife. Um, and uh, you know, just kept dragging and dragging, and not not getting the steps done. And, and thankfully, I had a, a guy in the program I talked to regularly who had what I wanted. That's uh, another thing I need um, is to talk to those people and you know, just take their suggestions. And he kept saying, "Are you to finish your amendment? Are you going to step things down?" Why not? You know, he basically said, "You know, you need to get that done." Um, and, and I heard it. I heard it. I said, you're right. And I, you know, I, I just I forced myself through the process. You know, I didn't, like Robert said, liking it is optional. I did not like it. I was afraid I wasn't doing it right. You know, I didn't know what people were going to say when I, you know, called me. This amendment isn't going to be good enough. I haven't thought of enough things I've done to harm this person. They're going to think I'm stupid. You know, any excuse my needs to come up with not to do this process. And, you know, in the midst of all that, I just kept going through and doing, you know, kept going through the process, and uh, you know, I got done with my major amendments. I started working September, started making amendments to people every time I did something, you know, that I felt caused them harm, uh, especially with my wife, you know, started practicing step 11, step 12, and it worked, you know, something changed. <laughs> and my attitude, my, like it says in the process, our whole attitude now upon life has changed, and that's absolutely true. Um, and, you know, all, all this other stuff, of, you know, um, just fell into place. You know, the uh, all the intellectualizing I did before about you know the, the program and all that stuff has really begun to fall into place. And, uh, and my you know my attitude has absolutely changed. And this uh, my relationship with my wife has I, I can't believe. Um, the change and it, there, and um, you know, my willingness to take the actions of love toward other people for no other motive than I feel like that's how my higher power wants me to live. And because I feel good when I do it, like I shared earlier about writing my great grandmother that letter, there was no guilt. You know, this woman at work, oh, she told me I probably should get in contact with my great grandmother. So yeah, I'll do that. No, I thought God, this is a great opportunity to reach out to this woman, and, and maybe she maybe she can't even read it. You know, I mean, I don't, I don't really know. You know, her mind's not that great. Um, that wasn't important. You know, I was taking the action of love, and I, and I do those things regularly now. And uh, you know, I get that feeling of joy and connectedness and brotherhood, and sisterhood, and all of that. Um, and and I couldn't have done it if I hadn't, you know, forced myself through the damn steps. I even emailed this guy I was talking about. And steps. Uh, this is the last thing I'll share. When I was in my step eight and nine, but this is like in April. I just finished my, 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 my men's. I think I just finished. And, you know, it's something, for whatever reason, it still hadn't clicked. And I emailed him. I said, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about quitting the program today. It's not what I want to do, but those thoughts are in my head. You know, I was still just, like, not happy. And uh, he sent me that email about two months ago. He sent it back to me and said, uh, yeah, we had had conversations um, in the last couple of months. And, you know, he definitely had noticed the change in me, too. And I had shared with him a lot of things that were happening. And he sent me an email and said, remember the desperation you felt. And said, I hope you like to be coming. And uh, I'm so grateful to get that from him. And to see, like, that is not me anymore. Uh, 
because I. Thank you, Elvin. Thank you, Elvin. We got time for about one more, and then we'll hit this step. Just quick, uh, I appreciate this and all the shares because it really helped me um, kind of understand better what the rest of the picture was about. Because uh, yeah, I appreciate a lot of the data share. You know, my experience is that the, the problem with the surviving damage stuff is that for some people, and for me, I, I'm I'm good at the obsessive and people call it an obsession. Am I still looking? I'm looking at all this stuff. And I think, especially in early sobriety, it's, you know, a of sobriety is really good, in my experience, just to stick with your straight sobriety definition. Like I say, you sex yourself, you know, other than your spouse, that part of it. Because, you know, all this other stuff, I, I want to get my mind wrapped around, and I don't want to get ashamed that I'm good, that I'm and that makes me want to act out more because I might as well act out. And, and, and it becomes another obsession. I'm obsessed about what the sobriety condition is. And I, I, that takes all my brain cells and my energy away from focusing on the steps and doing something for recovery. And um, there's a time, as I get better, I progress a picture of my life that, you know, um, yeah, a stronger definition is, is important for me. You know, I mean, a couple of weeks ago, a week or something ago, I had uh, something happen with my wife. It made a really bad change. And I had this thought that I was so much stronger. And I had anything like that. I remember in years. And I got on uh, the internet for a legitimate purpose for something for my daughter. And it was a picture of a woman, a cartoon picture. And I had the thought, I need to go search. You know, because I can back off enough to know that's just crazy. That's just crazy. But it's a surprise, you know. And if I go on and do an internet search, I have a real a serious conversation with my with my sponsor about it. Because I've got enough recovery that you know I don't stop going to do that. You know, I get ashamed, I get afraid, I get feelings now. But my my sponsor usually is called. My sponsor calls somebody in the program, one of my program, uh, not to go back to Just because I have recovered the early sobriety, if I'm struggling with my sobriety, it's the straight definitions. I still want to obsess about the definition. You know, I want to say, what am I going to do positive to stay sober, to help somebody else, to help you know, to work with steps? That's, that's all where I am. But that helped me understand what people talk about, helped me understand better the rest of victory over the last. So, yes. Thank you. Thank you. I would like to thank you for listening to this episode of The Daily Reprieve, the best source for experience, strength, and hope for SA members. Please subscribe to this podcast to be alerted of new episodes. Please show your support by donating to The Daily Reprieve by going to donate.thedailyreprieve.com and choosing either monthly donations or a one-time donation by clicking Donate Now. Thank you for listening and stay tuned for the next episode of The Daily Reprieve. Thank you.